0: Welcome to Zane's World. I'm Zane Lamprey. And this is your world. And this is my world. You are just listening to it. I have on on via remote Steve McKenna in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which makes this an international show. That's not really how that works.
1: Hello. We
0: haven't had Steve on in a while. Um, My guest today is Chris Lowell. You would know him from uh, Veronica Mars, (laughs) Private Practice, uh, Enlisted Graves, where he played Nick Nolte's son, and now Glow, where he plays a character by the name of Bash. And bash on so Glow is gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Awesome. Does, does that resonate with you, Steve? Do you remember that when that oh, came yeah. out
2: in the eighties? Yeah, I loved it. Watched it all the time. Come on.
0: Let's be honest for a second. Oh. No, no, let's let's yeah. break let, let's break it down. Do yeah. you even know what I'm talking about? Not a clue. Okay. So so Glow was like this this wrestling league from the eighties to compete with the guys' wrestling, it was women. But they weren't like necessarily muscular you know, athletic women. It was more, I think, really about like storylines and, and stuff like that. So it's coming on to its third season on Netflix. Actually premieres this Friday, August the 9th, 2019 on Netflix. And it's about like these the starting of, of Glow. I actually hadn't seen it and I wanted to watch it before Chris came in here. Um, I've known him from some of the other things he's done. And I watched the first three episodes. He comes in at episode three basically as a a rich playboy who's who's funding the the entire thing. L- lands in, in a helicopter and then that's pr- pretty much like his character is like – would be an incredible character to play. So anyway, I sat down with Chris an in interview today and talk about that and also photography. If you – If you go on Instagram to Mr. Chris Lowell, L-O-W-E-L-L, you'll find like this page of all these black and white photos, and there's really no indication that it's the same guy, the same Chris Lowell that was on the show. You're looking up, Steve? Yes. Yeah. And so I was like, wait, is this the same guy? Because it says Chris Lowell photography, and I'm like, is this the same person that is on the show? I, I I was not convinced, and then I went through, and because I had seen an episode, I recognized one picture, like a, one of the color pictures, as uh, the cast of of Glow. But he takes all these pictures. He's a photographer, and he'll tell you in this interview how he got into photography, and he shoots still, just shoots on film. Doesn't take pictures with his iPhone. Doesn't use a digital camera. Um, just hmm, just very film. cool. Yeah, you're looking through his stuff. Yeah, I think it's like refreshing. To see someone that's just putting like their art up and stuff rather than having to show everyone how exciting they are and how – what we're supposed to think that their life looks like. Like mine. Steve, let's talk about you and you and social media for a second. Let's not and say we did. Well, that's kind of – I'm not very good at it. I think let's not and say we did is literally your mantra when it comes to social media.
2: Yeah, I think so. I, you know, that's about right. I just, I I just can't get into it. It's, it's why it's like, hey, look what I'm doing, and you're not. Hey, look, right? But is that, and you're not.
0: Well, come on. I don't want to feel like I just fed you that, and that's your reaction. What, what's like, what, what's your real adversity to, to being involved on social media? I mean, you, here's the thing like someone like, like Chris, he's an actor, so he's playing different characters so it makes sense for him to just not really be engaged in social media because he's an actor he becomes a different person in every show so you would almost want the character to have an instagram rather than him that'd be that would probably be more fun but like for for us
2: we thought of it like that that's why you're kind of like a social media master and i'm not
0: well i don't think i don't think i'm a master i mean Uh, you're pretty good i think i'm pretty i think i'm pretty good i think i'm pretty good but like it's it's for my brand, you know, for this podcast, for adventure, for the shows, I feel like it's 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 necessary for me to stay active on social media. And um, I like to think that I'm not anybody different on social media than I am in, in real life. Right. Sometimes that's the case. I think certainly when I put a picture up and I talk about why I put the picture up or what that picture means to me, I think that that's where... It resonates with people. Like, yeah, they just want to know who the real person is. But Steve, you you posted on social media. Let's say that right now we're in the ninth month of the of the year, and so mm-hmm. far this year you've posted how many times? I don't know, ten, something and, like that. And so, why did you did you think about it today? Did you think about it in the past week? <laughs> that maybe yeah, posted you posted should...
2: something yesterday. You posted something? Yeah. I'm
0: not really active. What'd you post?
2: I post um kind of a little teaser to my new fix mix t shirts that are coming out. Oh my god.
0: So yeah. that so that on again, off again, off again, mm. on again, on again. It's it, on again. It's on again.
2: You know, you know more than anyone, it's it's hard to bring something to market, it's hard to get everything lined up, it's hard to make everything work and you know, we've we've had our struggles, but it looks like you know, it looks like things are gonna be good.
0: What's your Instagram Steve McKenna? Yeah, something like that. Oh, there it is. Steve McKenna with a D.
2: Steve McKenna. You posted. Oh, I didn't post it. I post on Facebook. I don't really really use Instagram. I don't know why. I guess I'm going to start using
0: it. I mean, you can or not. It's like, I don't know. know. So like, you
2: You know, I haven't since, you know, I used to be more engaged when we did the show, but since the show ended, I've like, I'm like, you know, I don't really have that anything that interesting to post. I'm not going and doing cool stuff. And I
0: mean, you know, know. some people make it their, you know, their, their job to like go out there and be an influencer and, and, and make their lives interesting so that they are somebody that people will want to follow. And then therefore, uh, they can, they can get companies to pay them to do to continue this thing and i think some people i mean i guess at this point a lot of people are have pulled it off all right we're gonna go into our interview with uh with chris lowell and then we're gonna come back with steve to get the down low on the fix mix we'll be back in a moment with more zines world
4: If you're a pro, you aren't just climbing ladders all day. You're lugging them from here to there and everywhere. So you want one that's lightweight, but it has to stand up to heavy use. The new Warner Multi-Position Pro Ladder has five configurations that keep you stable. From staircases to second stories. It's lightweight, all-in-one design, makes it easy to maneuver and carry. And it's only available at the Home Depot. More saving. More doing. U.S. only.
1: Hey, Jordan here. I know a lot of you create your own podcasts and a lot of you already have one like me. I obviously love what I do. It's taken a lot of hard work to get to this point of success. You shouldn't have to pay fees for platform hosting, distribution, analytics, or fees to create a podcast. You need to be able to focus on producing the best show possible. Now, Podcast One, that's the network I'm on, they have Launchpad Digital Media, or Launchpad DM for short. So it's free, includes unlimited hosting, full control of distribution. You have access to a full dashboard with analytics. Again, totally free. You own everything, by the way. You own your content. You own your subscribers. No tricky stuff there. And you get your own show page on launchpaddm.com for people to listen to and subscribe to your show. It's the only hosting platform brought to you by the leading network, Podcast One. Podcast One will promote the site, drive people to discover your podcast. And if your show grows, you could even be invited to join Podcast One's all-star roster, which includes people like Adam Carolla, Caitlin Bristow, Shaq. Lady Gang, and of course, me, Jordan Harbinger, I'm there too. You also get access to their production and sales support. So with all this completely free, don't use other hosting platforms. Why would you need to? Learn more or sign up now at launchpaddm.com. And don't forget to check out the Jordan Harbinger Show. Welcome back to Zane's World.
0: All right, so I hadn't seen Glow. Okay. Don't get mad at me. I can tell you're, you have a bad temper. Yep. I sat down and start watching it last night, mm-hmm. and I was like, Okay, this is amazing. Like, why haven't I watched this before? It's so good. It's so good. I don't know what to compare it to, but in, I don't know why. And I should have expected it from Netflix, right, to put something amazing together. Um, this is like, I would say that it's kind of like, this is weird, but like, and I was thinking about how to, how to compare it. For anyone who've never, who, who's never seen it, it's kind of like the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, it, but set in a different world, it's the the tone of it and everything like that is like it's not it's it's really more interpersonal. It's about the people and the story. You 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 kind of forget that the wrestling is 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 sort of the glue that holds them together, and then it becomes really about the people.
3: Yeah, I think it's a. I definitely think it is a a character driven show. I mean, there's sixteen or seventeen series regulars on the show, so it's a big cast. Um and I really genuinely think that everybody kind of brings it. Um, it doesn't feel for 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 a, a cast that that's that's that big. It doesn't ever really feel gluttonous. Yeah. Uh, it really feels like each voice has its own identity and has its own purpose for being on the show. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is really special. Yeah. Like but he- yeah. It, I, I you know I don't know. To me, I don't think you can find a show that is this. There's just not a lot of – you don't come across a lot of scripts and shows that have this much intelligence behind them and comedy and also deeply rooted human empathy to it. I I just – I'm constantly – Grateful to be on this it's, job. It,
0: it, it's 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 just a really really cool. It's a show. really cool and by the show. way, and if it wasn't, I would just like kind of say I haven't seen it and move past it. But I saw it and I love no, it. I, <laughs> you know what I, I mean I, like, truly, like, truly, I want like, people to know uh, like, it's I, genuine. I, yeah. I also similarly, I'm not a very good.
3: Uh, if I don't like something, and I've I've worked on jobs that I I couldn't really care less about, and it's hard to. Pretend to like it mm-hmm. And this is a job that I so effortlessly can talk about Because I believe in it And I love being a part of it I, I'm so grateful when I'm I get to show up at work with these people it's a, it's a fucking dream What is the time period of the show? 80? It's I think the first season is 84, 85 And this is 86 okay. In Vegas The okay. third season takes us to Vegas
0: So I, I watched 1, <clears throat> 2, and 3 hmm Waiting for you to make your entrance, and then when you did, it was—I mean, yeah. talk, talk about an entrance! It's pretty I really amazing. Come
3: flying out of the gate, man. literally flying yeah, in an yeah. helicopter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my first day of shooting, and I—I I, it was one of those things where I had booked the job on Friday night and had to fly out on Sunday to shoot Monday. Wow.
0: You didn't uh, even have time to like get in your head about it.
3: No, no. I I had auditioned for the show and gave bar none the single worst audition of my (laughs) life. I mean, could not have misread this character or the tone of the show more incorrectly. It was was just embarrassing on so many accounts. I, I, I went in. So this is the audition that got you the part? This is not the audition. Oh, okay. The park. okay. I mean, what got me the What happened was I went in, and my character wasn't in the first couple of episodes. So I'd, I'd I'd gotten the script of the pilot, but all I had of a description of Bash was that he was this rich Republican playboy, and they'd written a fake scene that wasn't even. They never ended up being in the show. Ah. And I went in and played it like I was Robert Redford and All the President's Men, (laughs) like deeply grounded, subtle, conniving, just sort of like uh, very small. And then I remember the casting director be like, actually, it's more like think like Biff from Back to the Future which was just so embarrassing to hear after what I had just done. And they're like, do you want to get,
0: take a shot at it? And did you get a moment to collect yourself? <laughs> like, like maybe figure, a figure out what literal that moment. Okay. And then just proceeded
3: to humiliate myself through the scene a second time through making desperate choices with sweat pouring down my face. And, uh, and I remember walking out and, Calling my reps
0: to say definitively that I would not be getting the part, and um, and and this is on a what day of the Friday is when you got the call? No, God,
3: no, this is this is months earlier.
0: Oh, got it. Okay, Um,
3: it was in the summer, and I was like, that ain't happening. Okay, Um, and is that
0: all you heard from them for a while? Well, then they were like, uh,
3: you know. Uh, there there was a problem with your audition and and they want to bring you back in there was a problem with your tape it got destroyed or lost which is like bullshit <laughs> right <laughs> it got destroyed like yeah. this isn't the, we're if 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 we were still in the era of like mini dv's right, or right, something right. i could buy that but like no it didn't yeah. it was i'm sure Casting took pity on me and immediately erased the garbage <laughs> I had just given to them. Which would be amazing. Which would, well, you know, I, I, I made a film a few years ago and I remember there was an actress who came in who I was very excited to see and I was very effusive with my, uh, with communicating that. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm so excited to, to, I, I've just been so excited for you to come in and I'm a big fan of your work and. And I was saying that um, with the intent of disarming her and allowing her to feel like she's... A, it's what I would want to hear as an actor coming into a space.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, like, okay, I'm in a welcome room. People want me here, and now I can do my best work. And and I, I think instead what it did was put all of this pressure on her to uh, live up to my expectations. Uh, and yeah. and, and it, it ended up being a, a disastrous audition for her. And I remember that night going home to look at the auditions that we'd been uploading and the casting directors in a very respectful way. I think Yeah. her audition just never was up. And I think it was them protecting the actor, which is something that I would really appreciate And so I remember that happening and I was like, that had to be what happened here. There's no way that they would show this dog shit audition that I just gave <laughs> to anybody and, um, Do you think that they? I mean, okay. but I'm speculating. I don't know.
0: But they, 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 they knew who you were when you came in. There's, there's plenty of opportunities yeah, to see. Yeah, yeah. I
3: think. Well, well. Honestly, I think what what ultimately tipped the scales was um, I had done a play called Jacuzzi in 2014 at Ars Nova, and Ars Nova is this downtown theater powerhouse and Liz and Carly the creators of the show were among the first uh writers group that they had formed there alongside like but Willimon who created House of Cards and when You
0: say downtown are you talking New York? I'm talking or... New York. New York. Yeah, okay. yeah yeah yeah
3: yeah. And uh when I say downtown I just mean non-Broadway kind of grittier edgier yeah. or sort of uh fringe avant-garde theater. Yeah. And Liz and Carly are are major uh, were sort of a a big part of Nova and so they come to all the shows and so they had seen me in a show there called jacuzzi and they and they were certain that if I could do the performance I did in that that I would be fine to do yeah. this performance of Bash. Yeah. And I, I think they they had much more confidence in my abilities than I think I did. Yeah. Um and they really fought for me to do the show and and, and so I I signed on the because I, 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 for weeks, I was like, I'm not the right guy. Like, they kind of came to me, like, they want to bring you back in. I was like, just trust me. I, 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 I couldn't, I do not understand. I clearly do not understand the show. Mm. And then um, they ended up just offering me the job at the end of the day, being like, Liz and Carly are certain that you're the right person for the job. And so that call came on a Friday, and they're like, but you need to start work on Monday. And um, were you in a situation where, there were other projects that you Well I was on another show at the time and actually um and uh, no it was, it was a show called Graves it was the Graves, show Graves yeah when yeah. you were Nick Nolte's Yeah Nick Nolte's kid yeah okay. and um and they because I was attached to that um they made it really difficult for me to do Glow which is part of the reason I'm in so few episodes in the first season. Ah. There was a there was a limit on how many episodes that uh they would let me be in. It was really stressful just getting the green light to to go yeah. to
0: out to California to shoot. It looked like the exteriors were Burbank, is that right?
3: Where do we shoot the the exteriors were Somewhere
0: beautiful. A beautiful part of yeah, Los Angeles. Yeah, real. So no, many
3: they choices. were they were like they were about forty minutes north of the city. Yeah. Um, oh, you mean here? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You mean where we are? No, yeah. no, 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 no. They definitely were not in Studio City. We were we were pretty far out. Um, you yeah, pro- I think probably near like the Burbank Airport or something. Yeah, I think we were near the Burbank Airport. Yeah. Um, and then for this season, so much of it's set in Vegas, but there is really no remnants of 80s Vegas that you can find anymore without having to paint out 2019 Vegas. Right. And so We found a hotel out in Pomona by the Ontario airport.
0: So in in California still?
3: Yes. Wow. And the hotel was in the process of being completely gutted. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they couldn't really rent it out at all. And so they allowed uh, the production team to f- turn the exterior into neon 80s Vegas and leave it up for the entirety of the shoot. Wow. Which is not an easy thing to find. Yeah. So all of our exteriors were mm-hmm. out. I mean, now, the, the the other irony of it is it's, it's like a blessing that we were able to find a freaking building that would let us put up this crazy, ridiculous... Neon and signage. Oh, and because that's where the, the competition is also at that hotel. Well, well, the third season sets, it takes place in Vegas, so uh-huh. it's the casino where, where the they show have happens. Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay. But the downside is that's where we shot all our exteriors and. We're shooting all of our your exteriors by a fucking airport. Yeah. So every ninety seconds, we're having to hold for planes yeah. or trains or traffic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So that's where we shot. We, we shot the entire season in in Los Angeles, and we shot downtown too a lot.
0: So all three seasons in LA. Uh, yeah, all three seasons we shot. Where in do LA. you stay when you you? Because you live in New York. I live in New York,
3: so uh, you know, dude, it's Airbnbs, man. I'm Airbnbing for months on end, which mm-hmm. is I, I got to say. It, tough. Okay. You know, I think most people in the Airbnb, they're expecting you to stay for like a weekend. Right. You know, but when you're there for months and it's, and you're trying to cook and you've got like four forks and like (laughs) one pot with no lid and you know what I mean? All the knives are dull. It's a, it's it's a, it's a, it's a weird way to do it. When you're in a hotel, I've been on jobs where you're in a hotel for two months, which is also kind of its own weird thing. But you're it, it, what's nice about it is you're constantly being reminded that this is not your home right that this is a
0: place that is like a transient part of your life um you know i when i travel i my wife and i and me even before that uh i was always a hotel guy and i don't i'm not really uh like a bed and breakfast, which i think was the predecessor to airbnb yeah I like, and, and and this probably is like someone saying they like you know big beer or something like that. But I like I like uh, uh, big hotels because I just kind of feel like you know it's going to be quiet. Like my, my the room can be cleaned every day yes there's a there's a good gym which is always you know important and then, yes. and then like not that I'm a room service kind of guy, but like it's there as an option you yes. know, that kind of a thing like
3: yeah I mean I, I like my better half and I were' both we're, we're both the older we get the more we become pretty aggressive sleep divas right so there is something nice about when you're staying in a hotel that you can pretty much assume there's going to be blackout curtains and
0: I have a kit. Quiet. So I have, a, yeah. I have a kit that has a, a clothespin. Actually, one of those sandwich uh oh, I'm, things. F-
3: yeah, lay it on me. So, oh, so you can make sure the curtains stay closed. That's it.
0: Fuck, you, dude, when, that's brilliant. You, when you arrive at night, you don't know, like, what direction... The sun is going, to, you don't know where West is, right? Yeah. And, and, and like, how many times has that little sliver of light just been like, fuck, and you just have to like put a pillow over your head? Or if, if I have to get up and deal with it, it's that, then I'm up. Then I'm up. Yeah. yeah. There's no going yeah. back up. So it's, so it's, so, a, so a, sam- a sandwich clip. Great. And, uh, and of course I have earplugs. That, I, I that's very diva of me as well. Yeah. I, I got earplugs and an eye mask, but I don't, uh, it never, I can't be near the elevator because people congregate there. Okay. And so I'm and I'm up high so that I can't hear you have the, people the, the above traffic. You. And then yeah, as as high as I can get so I don't have people above me. Yep. So those are like my, my things. And and it usually works out really well. And uh, my I think my first and then the other one is where is the the maid's closet or the door that yep. they use. Yep. My first, very, very first trip that I did for three sheets, the first show I ever did, the first hotel room I ever had, I was in was in Galway, Ireland. Had no windows. It was it was smaller than this my office here, which is maybe like ten by fifteen. I don't know something like that. Like not big. Yeah. And <laughs> it was right next to the maid's closet. So every like it was like and every five minutes it was like it was a door just slamming. Of course, yes, I know the door. And I it was like and, that, it, and it wouldn't just close. It would, it would keep like did. it was like a big close and smaller closes like like and I was just like trying to overcome my jet lag and then I got sick and then, you know, I still did what I needed to do for the show, but it was like, it wasn't pleasant. And if I had known all those things, I would have been in a much better situation. well, I'll tell you. And the thing that I do now, that is
3: I, am the older, like the, the more, this is just becoming more and more of a radical thing is when, when Carrie and I leave to travel, we leave our phones, we leave them in the apartment. You leave them... In New York, we lock the door... Okay. Like, with the phones and the computers and everything inside, and then we're just off. So, wait, where so where are you going? Like... Inter- internationally? Only internationally. And you leave your communication devices. Everything stays behind. And so, it's funny, for us, I mean, I think that it really depends on, on where we're traveling, because we love to... Stay with people also. If we if we have friends who are, I have a lot of friends who did peace corps and things like that. So when mm-hmm. we go to Cameroon or Mozambique or Swaziland, we would just stay with our right. buddies there. Um, Those are places where you you wouldn't get service anyway. So it's like yeah, it's, it's okay. But. but then but then it really, it also it kind of um, it, it's better for us traveling that way to stay at a hotel because with Airbnbs you really do need your phone mm-hmm. to connect with the people for to sure. get in or yeah. whatever. And most, you know, there's no, there are no internet cafes are like a dying thing now. Yeah. But you can almost, if at most hotels, you know, I they've got a business center, or I
0: can use, I can go behind the front desk and use their. I love it. That's very. It, by the way, it's very, it's very charming. I mean, I, I went to, um, to Russia, second season, I think, of what what I was doing. Yeah. And um, I called my phone company. Said I'm going to Europe. What's what are the rates? And they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's a dollar a minute, whatever. So I'm like, all right, great. So I was over there and I would just be like, I'll use my phone. I have a 10-minute conversation, whatever. It's fine. Um, oh, nice. So then I get back and yeah. the bill was $3,500 for that trip. So I called the phone company and I was like, I – Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what happened yeah, to a dollar a minute? Yeah, what, yeah, what yeah I, I called and they said, oh, okay, there's a record yeah, da, da, for, for Europe. And, I'm, and they're like, but you were in Moscow. And I said, where do you think Moscow is? It's not in Asia. Yeah. It's not – in. I mean, it's not in the European Union, right? But it is in Europe, and that was the question that I asked. And so it was just back and forth. And and by the way, the production paid for it anyway. And But still, but, but, but still yeah. It was still crazy, and I got it cut in half. But it was like one of those things uh, where I remember when Uber first came out, and they were talking – the guys who created it, they were like talking about why they created it and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, my God, like to use data in – in London, you know, what I mean, like to call yeah, yeah, an Uber yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I can't afford yeah. that. I'll just yeah. take a taxi. But now, now you go and now my I think my plan right now uh, is ten bucks a day. Although I don't want to dissuade you from what you're doing, mine is ten bucks a day, and I get the same plan that I have here in almost every country I go to, including like China. Uh, and so it's ten dollars a day, unlimited texting. Uh, voice and data which is See, which is pretty amazing if you think about it's it. It's crazy. But for me I think it, it
3: it's it's less about it's not it has nothing to do with the what it costs it's more to do with part of traveling no, for I me yeah. is a, like a digital detox. It's sort of like it, it it really is it kind of just allows me to and I'm telling you I also I'm a I'm a big photographer but I still shoot everything on film. Do you really still? Everything. Wow. So that's the so other you thing. Have,
0: you have your own darkroom?
3: Well, no, I don't. I when I lived in L.A., I did. Okay. Um, but in New York, I go to a lab um, to drop off the the film to get processed. So do you and get like a,
0: a proof sheet? Like a like yeah. A so usually, sheet? what'll
3: happen is I'll get. Well, nowadays I'll just drop off the whole roll and uh-huh. just uh, process and scan everything. So I right. just get scans, and then when I do prints. I'll go to a darkroom and do silver gelatin fiber prints, Ilford warm tone, either 11 by 14, 20 by 24, 30 by
0: 40. Depending okay. On the- and I, I knew we would get into photography. Yes. So let this be a perfect segment. Sure, for yeah, that. fire well. So, wow. So, um, so okay. well, what I'll just say about that, the sort of digital detox thing
3: yeah. is, so as a result of that, because I'm shooting on film, also there's, there's no, like, I think if you take a photo on your iPhone, because it's right there in front of you, you can't help but also... You know, check your email and the text and see yeah. what's going on on Instagram and yeah. Facebook and and, and and what's going on in the news, and you kinda get like I sort of I I'm not saying this of everyone, but what happens to me is I'll start yeah, It's a rabbit hole. It's and a rabbit I hole. I think everyone and I'm very does bad it. Yeah. at at compartmentalizing it. Yeah. And so what's nice is when it's not there at all. And there's no, I don't have, uh, I can't or- find an Uber, so I've got to go find a taxi, or I've got to wander around, or look at maps, or ask people for directions. Yeah. And I think that it just it just forces me to engage with the play. It makes you be
0: radically present, right? Which I think is is kind of the name of the no, game for me. I mean, so anyway. I, no, it's incredibly admirable from where I'm from my experiences because right, you know, it's it's and, and and this is interesting because this this go, goes hand in hand um to talk about photography and also talk about social media because i i'm i'm pretty fed up with social media and i know that as a as an entertainer and a host of someone who's you know has to be my myself so when i'm on a show hosting a show i am zane right and i'm maybe a a bigger version of myself yeah, yeah, sure, or whatever yeah sure uh, but when I'm not doing that and I'm here, I still feel the need to get validated for the things that I do based on the number of likes that something gets. And it's a fucking horrible existence and I'm so, so like over it. But it's like... You know, when I will like, oh, what am I doing today? Oh, I'm like sitting with a cat, you know, and then what do I do? Post a picture of my cat. Well, the last four pictures I have posted have been of my cats, but like, (laughs) but like, but like, and then it's just like, you see like the certain number of people like that, like, because we rescued one the other day and that was great. And that got like, you know, on my on my page got like 2,000 likes. Mm-hmm. And then the next day we went out to get, because we thought she'd be lonely, so we went to get another stray from someone who we knew who had one to put them together, and that got 1,000 likes. And it's just like, okay, you, oh, oh, sorry, are you over it, guys? Are you over cats? Like, well, let, me, let me jump yeah. off of a building or something, you
3: know? Yeah, I mean, that, to me, I think what's very scary about, and again, like, <laughs> I'm in the same place you are. Like, I don't want to... Uh, Feel like a relic that is just denying that change is happening and yeah. that social media is a thing. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, I think you really have to. I think it, it's such a new technology that people don't know how to set parameters for themselves. Yeah, and I've seen one of the things that always befuddles me is um, with actors specifically. You know, I think it's important to to maintain um, a, a sense of mystery, and I don't mean that uh, or, or, or distance from. And, and all I, what I mean by that is, if people become obsessed with you as you on social media, then it's then I feel like when you try and act. They don't want to see the character. They want to see more of you. Mm-hmm. And so I think feel like it almost limits your ability to do your job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going back to your thing about the likes, I, 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 one thing that I always sort of struggle with is, you know, I have I have friends who have also, like, their relationships are a big part of their social media presence. And I remember working the, with this one actor who was in a really bad mood and he'd just gotten engaged and i was like what's is everything okay and he's like yeah well and he pulled up this photograph that he had posted of the engagement rings or something and he's like and it only got you know oh, no. 11,000 likes and by this point we should be up to like 40,000 likes and i just remember thinking that's dude what like relationships about. are tough and why are you allowing them in thousands yeah. of strangers oh. to affect how you feel about wow. your marriage like that, like that just seems that i i i am not ready to to share that much of i I just don't know if I want that many that's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, no it's, you know what yeah, I mean yeah well, Instagram's also doing this thing, which I'm curious to see how it's going to affect where they're eliminating them where they're yeah they're not showing likes, and on one i I don't know if it's because they're trying to curb uh online bullying and and the way that it's affecting youth culture. I do think that is part of it. I also think that um, they're trying to get advertising dollars back Mm. because I think all these, you know, social media influencers are taking a lot of those ads away from them. Mm -hmm. And so, but I I don't care what it is. I'm kind of a big supporter of it. Yeah. I think it's like, great. Like, just level the playing field. It seems like a
0: bold move. You'll probably be able to see your own through your own You can see your own, but,
3: uh, but if you have nothing else to compare that to. Right
1: i right. am yeah, okay
3: right. with that yeah. So i 'm like if my things, if I post an image that 's got i don 't know a thousand likes i 'm not comparing that to the one hundred and fifty thousand likes that this person that i 've just scrolled down next to yeah. has you know what i mean it's sort of I, I, I just think that 's a good that, that probably is a good thing
0: I think uh, uh, what you 're doing on your social media first first of all, I was like i was doing my research. So very good. one of the things I'll do is go look at someone's social media, and I was like, I'm not sure if this is you because there's not a lot of you, and then the thumbnail was very small, and finally get down. There was you swinging on the rope swing, which yeah. I'm like, I think that's him, and then there was the cast of Glow. of Glow down further below, which was like what a fun like mystery for me to have to solve. Yeah, that's nice. Without putting hear. it out there, you know, so like in your face and. It just seems like, so just to tell people what they are, it's, it's almost all black and whites. Yeah. Um, and now we know that they were all shot on film and and just like, just really cool. Like my favorite, um, well, I liked a lot of them. Uh, it just, it was so reminiscent of like just a, a time when everyone was going off and taking black and white pictures and just like, uh, like learning or, or. Knowing that they could express themselves through framing and create a story yeah. through just these, this little image that's not perfectly framed or 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 not completely center framed and all that kind of stuff. So the one of this girl and surrounded by books. She's, in a, she's maybe in a library. Yeah, or yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, I was just, yeah, yeah, That yeah. That, that, that photo is yeah. just amazing.
3: The, thank you. It's the uh, the title of that piece is <laughs> Bookstore Employee. It was, okay. it was <laughs> when I lived. So the way I got into photography, it was my first job ever was this show called Life As We Know It. Mm-hmm. It was like ABC's response to the OC, you know, like everyone was trying to. How old of, were you at that time? Uh, 18. I, okay. when I was 18, uh, 19. And I was living up in Vancouver and my character on the show was a photographer for the high school newspaper or wow. something like that. And Gabe Sachs, who's one of the creators of the show, is an avid photographer himself, and he's a big film photographer. And so he gave me this Leica M3, which is a gorgeous rangefinder camera that doesn't have a light meter on it. And he took me around town, and he's such a photographer himself that he was just, I think, excited to teach me. Yeah. And so I really got – quickly learned how to read light kind of um, instinctively. And Gabe would just have production process all the negatives. So I'd take photos on set all the time. And, uh. and then I got a real – I really fell in love with it. And then when I came back to college, I changed my major to photography because I was so engaged with it. And wow. and then it really became – for me, you know, with with acting, one of the difficult things about, about being an actor is – I can't manifest a job for myself. You know, I'm waiting for the phone to ring. And so a lot of times you feel very out of control of your career and your creative uh, expression. And what was so empowering about photography is I could photograph whatever I wanted, however I wanted, Mm -hmm. whenever I wanted, and wherever I wanted. And there was such a, and, and it was such a creative uh, uh, avenue that yeah. just really was so liberating because I had control over it. And so that really became a major passion of mine. And then I started selling my work, and that photograph you're referencing was one of the first photographs I ever sold. Um, and it was just such a nice, kind of unexpected thing to have this subsequent career in photography sort of take off for me. And I grew up studying and obsessing over uh uh the sort of major street photographers like Robert Frank and Elliot Erwitt and and uh Henry Cartier Bresson and and uh Walker Evans and and I was traveling like a maniac. So I was big on street photography. Mm-hmm. You know, I would be wandering around like Marrakesh, like taking photos or London or wherever I was. And then um as I got older I started sort of falling in love with uh more portraiture work like um Sally Mann or or Maplethorpe and and uh and so, and I bought a medium format camera and and uh, started taking more portraits, but I was still, I think, photographing with kind of uh, uh, that knee jerk impulse um, style that you get from street photography. Mm-hmm. You know, with street photography, you don't think. You just, you just like, you feel, you feel, you see a moment, and you just photograph it, and you, you don't have time to think about. The framing, or if there's movement to it, and that cacophony, that kind of unexpected je ne sais quoi, is what makes those images so fascinating. at yeah. the time, is that yeah. it just you you caught this moment in time that will never exist again. Yeah. and I really liked the idea of bringing that to portraiture as well. So I, when I typically take photographs of people, I I, I generally. Try and create a little bit of an element of the unknown and of chaos to yeah. sort of like just have it exist how it exists and yeah. sort of try and recreate that environment.
0: Okay. Um, I have a uh, a friend who he'll be on the podcast in a few weeks and he he was uh, a butler or the butler at the at the Playboy Mansion. Wow. for half and mm. and he sent me this thing so like cuz it's one he's a writer now um he's probably in the 60s and um and so he he's a photographer and and but some of the pictures are these like just like it's a picture of him like cutting something on a cutting board and it's just like why, why – who took that? But aren't those just the best pictures of, like, just someone living in that moment, like, rather than stopping and smiling or posing and all that Absolutely.
3: kind of stuff? Absolutely. One of my – so the, the the first fine art piece that I bought – I'm a big fan of Robert Frank, who's this German guy who came to the States and made this book called The Americans. It's It's, like, iconic photograph gold and he was this foreigner coming to the states trying to understand the states mm-hmm. essentially and so he was driving around through the segregated south and just sort of just just again what of, what year um i think it was 50s okay oh, wow. um jack kerouac wrote the um wow. forward to the book so okay. it's it's very much of the beat generation mm-hmm. His photographs now, if you try and buy uh, – I, I remember trying – to looking into buying one and like a damaged Robert Frank print is like $95,000 or something. <laughs> yeah. um, but Elliot Erwitt, uh, who's another street photographer that I love and who has this great irreverent sense of humor to his work, um, he and Robert Frank were, were good friends. And Elliot Erwitt's still alive, which is astounding to think about because I think he's like 97. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found this photograph that Elliot Erwitt took of Robert Frank and his wife dancing in their kitchen in Vienna in like Jeez. the 50s. Yeah. And that's the photograph that I bought. And what I love about it is, you know, I, I think when you, a lot of times when people think about what makes a good photograph, they think about the basics. Is the lighting good? Is it everything in focus? Um, can I see everyone's face? And to me, what I think makes a good photograph a lot of times is the things that you can't see or the amount of movement in the image because right. it was shot like quickly in low light and, and instead what you feel is a, 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 the emotion of the image. Mm-hmm. And sort of to your point, it's this candid photograph that you that's half the frame as a doorway right. and they're in the corner of it mm-hmm. having this moment that you know... Was so fleeting, and that to me is like such a a, a gift to kind of get a, a vantage point.
0: Are into. you when when you have that? So I've seen like looking through your photos, and and I've started following you. And by the way, uh, anyone who's listening should too, because I think it's 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 when it pops up in your feed, it's gonna be so refreshing <laughs> compared to everything else that's in there, like the look at me stuff. That, yeah, well, that's that like,
3: yeah, well. So when I got into when when I was sort of getting pushed to. Uh, embrace social media because until like four years ago, I had a fucking flip phone, which, right. which, which at the time made things really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at a certain point, I, I, you know, if you see someone take a flip phone out in 2019, it's like, you, you won't everyone rolls their eyes and yeah. they should because or you're, you're or just,
0: or you think how like how cool that is so so okay so you have Well wh- so when I got social media I do have I have an, is it an I, iPhone, iPhone yeah. and 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 do you not take the photos with it I don't take any photos
3: Really? Not one. I mean I, I take photographs of like um
0: UPS tracking cameras. Right 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 right. Um and do you and so I see you have your you emptied your pockets and yeah. and you don't have your you don't have your camera do you not like is it not with you on a daily basis? Uh, it, it normally, it, it depends. I, I typically,
3: I, I brought it to set a lot on Glow. Mm-hmm. I usually have something with me. Today, I, I, I can't, like, th- I, I get so nervous doing press
0: that I've just, like, got to focus on this only. Um, oh, I can't believe I'm being called press. Uh, no, <laughs> no offense. I, no, I hope no, that's no, not No, a, no, I, 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 it's a, I, I, no, it's like, oh, God, I guess I am. Uh, the thing that you didn't realize, and I, maybe, I probably should have told you, is Bodhi. Is my dog, if I would have mentioned Bodie, you probably oh, would have taken no it question, the, the <laughs> dude. When yeah, when
3: Chewbacca answered yeah, the door, yeah. I, I was like,
0: I, I could not believe it's that my, it, it's my favorite thing. Whenever someone comes over and does the podcast and they come to the door, he comes, they open the door, he like walks past everybody. That's like his thing,
3: yeah, the most blase. But I, yeah.
0: I love seeing people's reaction because because I would have the same reaction that people have. If someone like so I'll walk the dog around the neighborhood. One time I before all this fence and everything was was in in front of my house, I was just playing with him. And when he plays, he plays like a normal dog, but he's just got these really long limbs. He's kind of trots around when he plays. He was running back and forth and three cars pulled over just and they got out to see what it was but it was so funny because it was um, yeah because it looks like a human in a dog outfit. yeah, yeah. like it's the proportions of that animal d- defy the laws yeah. of physics yeah 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 he, he is an abomination by the way but but so it was funny because it was it was Nicole Richie and, and her husband Joel Madden is that right okay and then Oscar Nunez from the office okay and then and then and then and then and then another person you, and it was like they just saw this and they pulled over and There was three cars and I it was so funny whenever this would happen whenever we would play like this cars would stop because this is sort of a busy-ish kind of intersection. But when I walk around and stuff like that it's like people don't care if I'm on the phone. They're like, what, what is that dog? What kind of dog? Cause, yeah, yeah. And I would do the same thing. Well, your dog's like – it's like David Bowie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like David Bowie
3: – if, the same if hair. I came to the door, David Bowie would walk right past me because I'm another person. But I would <laughs> stop and stare yeah. because fucking David an alien just yeah. walked past yeah. me. You know who's, what I mean? Yes,
0: who's deceased, uh, which would be weirder. But, like if, but he, I think Bodie is – he's about 170. Okay. Uh, God. he, he's on his back legs. If you kind of, if he stands up straight, he's about like maybe six, six, four ish. Yeah. But he, that is psychotic. It, it is. It's, it's, yeah, he, he'll he be next. Yeah, yeah. Your
3: dog has my dream physique. <laughs> if I could be 170 <laughs> That's true. and That's six true. four, I'd be fucking yeah, yeah, happy yeah, but, like, but, with that much
0: facial hair. But he's five. Right. So, so he's seven. So he's 49. Right. So now, now he's like a little slower to get up. So there is an age where you're thankful that you weren't tall because then you know your grandpa who's always sitting in the chair because he's his knees hurt.
3: That's right. That's true. I guess. Yeah. yeah like knees, hips, spine. I'm
0: ju- I'm just trying to justify five eleven. I'm like, hey my man, part, so. I'm I'm right there with
3: you. Okay, you're <laughs> preaching to the
0: choir. First of all, what percentage of people still shoot on film?
3: Oh, what are you talking Are you talking about motion capture? Like, are you talking about like film? And television, well, no, or are you talking no, about
0: no, photography? no, I'm talking about your photography. Like, buying the equipment and getting a process just has to become more and more difficult. Do you think at some time it's going to go away?
3: Uh, you know, I, I, I think I was more afraid of it. Going away ten years ago than I am now. Mm-hmm. I think there's been. I think you have a
0: stockpile of like film and I, I paper. don't.
3: I, I had a stockpile of some things. I, I had a stockpile of some printer paper. I had a stockpile of Polaroid film for a long time. Mm-hmm. I had a stockpile of Kodak Vivid Color, which is something yeah. that they don't make anymore. But really, I, I think that one of the things that's been great about this sort of onslaught of technology in the last few years is it's created a, a, a secondary responsive uh, generation of people who are running back to things that are more tactile yeah. whether it's vinyl or or film i mean i think there's something really to be said about uh, a, a, a medium that you can actually hold i think a lot of the things that you know the iphone turned everybody into a photographer but i still think that a lot of people don't know what to do with these photographs right you know, like, like, are you going to print these out? Are you going to hang them on your wall? Are you just going to share them? Is mm-hmm. that how they are meant to exist?
0: That's why it's like some of the digital cameras, they have such high resolution and you're just like, but, but for what, to what end? Like, what are you intending to are you putting them on a billboard? Or, yeah, you know? exactly.
3: And I, I also think, you know, to me, and it's so, it's so cheesy, but like philosophically when you photograph something digitally, it's much more of an editor's, Medium, sure. Because you you sort of spray and pray, right? You like yeah. f- shoot a bunch of images, and then you're kind of constantly checking them, and and you're like, all right, well, I'll put this into Photoshop, and I can tweak yeah. the the yeah. highlights, and yeah. I can make it look exactly how I want it to look, and maybe I'll put it in black and white if I want to, and um, boost the contrast, and I'll paint this out. Yeah. Uh, and there's something about I love the honesty of film, and also the kind of magic of it. And what I mean by that is like when you take a photograph. You have no idea if it if it came out. Right. Did I did I get the moment? Did I miss it? And for me, there's something that feels like when I get the photographs back. And there's plenty of times oh, where I, I will I, remember, I remember. Yeah. taking a picture and thinking I'm getting so excited to yeah. see that negative mm-hmm. and then looking at it and being like, Oh shit. Like I was the, the F stop was way off or or I missed it or it's not nearly as Powerful as I remember it being, right. the framing is off or something. But for 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 every one of those, there's just as many moments of like, oh my god, this takes my breath away. And, like, and do you have like shows you do? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I um. Uh, the first show I had was actually in Los Angeles. It was called Rendering the Ordinary Extraordinary. And it was at the Walter Maciel Gallery um, down on Robertson in 2007. And okay. Oh, wow. And then I co-hosted Photo LA with David LaChapelle in 2010. And then um, the last show I had was called 31 Days. And it was at Jackson Fine Art in Atlanta opposite uh, Vivian Meyer, who is this fascinating photographic kind of Legend in her in her own right, and um, and so yeah, so I, I sell my work. Um, I do limited edition silver gelatin prints. The thing that's really cool about silver gelatin is, again, it can only be you can only do silver gelatin prints if it's film and if it's black and white film. So there's something about knowing when you come into buy, and it's also the most archival. Uh-huh. So even in all the advances that have been made with with digital photography, and I think color. When it comes to color, everything's printed digital Mm -hmm. now because it's the most archival way to do it. But for black and white, there's still nothing that competes with film. It just is.
0: My uh, interesting segue, but my one of my friends growing up, his father was a radiologist. In Syracuse. uh, And they uh, him and his partners had the biggest, you know, radiology firm or whatever, what is hospital in, in the area. And so. Um, they would process a lot of a lot of film and at the end of whatever time period this was, they would get all of the the silver that wasn't being used in, in on the film yeah. and they would turn it into a, a bar and so each partner at certain times no of the year way, yeah dude so so he had like it was used as a paperweight. In in his like just in one of their studies or something like that he had a full silver bar. I'm just using my hands, but like uh, I'd say like mass wise the size of like a a, a can uh-huh. a soda can, but it was you know squared off whatever, and it was stamped like point nine 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 whatever. That's be, so cool. But because if you think about it, the silver nitrate, like you know there are pieces of yes, I've yes. thought about doing that with gold <laughs> okay. yeah, <I> love it. <laughs> like every, everyone thought was like wait how much how much how can i take all the gold out of that and turn it into a bar but it was but yeah it was it was sort of interesting and then that made me realize and appreciate it like oh yeah it's actually you're using silver nitrate you're using silver yeah 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 and basically i don't know what the the principle is like some of it sticks and some of it doesn't and so and some it's also
3: you, you're putting in all these chemicals that like that like it, it there's still such, I, I, I know it's a chemical process. There's still something that is so truly, every time I do it, it kind of blows my mind. When you dip a piece of blank paper yeah. in the developer and
0: standing in the red light, you watch this image come yeah. out. I mean, it's
3: freaking magic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's
3: freaking crazy.
0: It's funny because I, so I studied, I was an art major in college. So I took some photography classes. And back in the day, that was, you know, I mean, digital. Hasn't really been here for that long. And so that was – it was all your darkroom time and, you know – Oh, and, yeah. And, and like – I mean, when I was studying photography, it was still all the darkroom stuff. Yeah. Um, and well, so and so you'll never – do you have a digital?
3: No. And, so and what cool. happens is and it. people all the time will give me their, you know, Canon 5D or something and yeah. be like, Chris, take a shot. And I'm like, I have no fucking idea how to use this. There thing. is nothing.
0: You just – push the button.
3: <laughs> I the guess, thing. yeah. I, I, but like, I just don't, but half of them don't even have viewfinders anymore. Yeah. You're like looking at that little yeah. uh, screen. Yeah. I, I don't know how to do that shit. I, I, it's so embarrassing. You sound like an old man. I do. I sound like
1: an old man What is this thing Yeah, here. yeah,
0: yeah. What is this doohickey? So, talking about your travel. Yes. You grew up in Atlanta. Grew up in Georgia, Yeah, And and did you, Atlanta, Georgia? I mean, mm-hmm. Atlanta, mm-hmm. okay. From there you went where? To, to school? Yeah, so I, I went to an international
3: school in Atlanta, which is, I think... I saw a big, that. What a, does that mean? Here's what it means. the it, it Really, in Atlanta, what it means is, you know, Atlanta's a big corporate hub for a bunch of international corporations, uh. Coca-Cola, Delta, UPS, and so it's got a huge international... Population, and I think one of the ways that they would entice people to come to Atlanta from wherever they're coming from, wherever any of their employees are coming from worldwide, is like, and we have this school that we can put your kids where everyone will speak the language and it, it, it's like a language immersive place. Okay. So everybody that I went to school with, I'd never left the country, and everybody there was trilingual. Yeah. and grew up in, you know, uh, the South Africa before they moved to Swaziland and yeah. then they lived in Brussels and then Santiago and now here they are in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. You know, everybody kind of had that story, you know. Did that really
0: like get bite you with the travel bug
3: of wanting to see where these places big time? The first time I left the country was my geography teacher, Mr. Nyangwe, was going back to Kenya and for for like 3 months and he was like if any if any of the students want to come they can live with me in my village in Nyeri and i was like yeah that i want to do that right. so like my first you know the way i my the what broke me in to international travel was like living in a hut in rural Kenya for for a month you yeah. know and uh and ever since then it just realizing how fucking enormous the world is yeah. and how culturally different it is and like just it, it is so is so hard for me to wrap my head around that I am constantly the amount of traveling i'm gonna do that that I've been able to do even this year has been so fucking cool yeah um i love, i leave, i go on, I go on a trip next Wednesday with my psycho father he and I never <laughs> traveled together ever where are you going okay so David Lowell very complicated individual um he's <laughs> left the country like three times he's been to like Switzerland. Uh, London, Vancouver, like he's not a big international. Was he
0: color. a corporate guy in Atlanta?
3: No, okay, no, no, nothing about my father is corporate. Yeah. He's, he's a trailblazer for better or worse. He's a diehard Donald Trump supporter also, mm. which makes, which I think the, the, the most uh, loving thing we've ever done for each other in the last few years. And it really is, it really is kind of moving to me is because I am an outspoken liberal and I I wear impeach sweaters around, mm-hmm. and I, I I I I am a I protest Donald Trump as often as possible, and I've written emails to various family members over the years repeatedly, and I I whenever my father and I are around each other, we do gymnastics to avoid talking about politics, yeah, and in that way, it's like showing each other how much we. Love each other and how much we want to maintain a healthy relationship. And that I think is a really kind of a wonderful, unexpected gift to get from somebody else. Yeah. Anyway, all this to say, we've never left, we never traveled before, uh, just the two of us. Well, I have a question about that. So, so, um, and I you, just, did, you I can't wait for the punchline as to where we're going. Oh,
0: <laughs> when, so has it become more difficult to avoid discussing politics with, With this current administration. Has the current administration made it more difficult to avoid those discussions?
3: I don't know. To me, it's almost – that's difficult, right? Because in a way, I think everybody is so hyper-politically aware Mm -hmm. more now than ever, which I I ultimately do think is a good thing.
0: Yeah. You know? Um, We have this discussion of – you know of the pros and cons of it. I always try to find the pros, and some people say there are none. And
3: yeah, well, you know. and, and and listen, there was a time where like I was, I would go on CNN and read everything, then go to New York Times, read everything, then go to Fox News and read everything, yeah. and then Huffington Post and and read the same news from like all yeah. these different and and it was like making me a, psycho- yeah. a, a psychopath. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I had to, and I and everyone I was following on social media were. You know, journalists and politicians, and and at a certain point, I, I was so oversaturated that I like needed to unplug because it was giving me like uh, it was keeping me up at night. Yeah. And so, to answer your question, I part of me thinks that everybody is so much more politically aware. So as a result of that, you can't. It, it's it's always on the tip of everyone's tongue. Yeah. But I think simultaneously, because people aren't just so politically aware, they're also so energized, whether it's with support or fury or hatred or, uh, adoration or whatever it is that I think it's such a hot button issue that like, I can't even casually discuss it with.
0: Yeah. I, I have the same issue and it's just like, can we just, we're friends because, or family because of other things not revolving around that. So, so where are you, so where are you guys going? So
3: at- my dad calls me, he's like, I want to go on a trip. I'm like, all right, pop, where are we headed? we're going to fucking chernobyl wow going to chernobyl my father
0: chose a literal did he, toxic wasteland did he for our first trip was together. he inspired by the show
3: yes yes of course oh my god so, saw, so i think honestly i think what happened was he <sighs> i think he might have called me and floated the idea as a joke or like not something he actually thought i would get on board for yeah and, but I think he also knew if anybody was going to get on board, it was going to be me. And so I was like, yeah, let's go. And so
0: you're going, you said very soon, right? I leave on Wednesday. Okay. Well, at least you're going in the summer. I, I mean, I, it's it's nice. I, I, have you been? I've not been to Chernobyl, but I've been to Russia in the summer. yeah. I mean,
3: I've been to, yeah. I've been to Russia in the summer.
0: Yeah, um, Russia in the summer, Russia in the winter, two different places. I, yes, but But, yes. but also, <clears throat> New York is the same thing. But but I, I I just had a different appreciation for. Well, again, I've never been to the Ukraine. I've been to yeah, the Eastern Bloc, so I, Bloc, I, I, so I so don't know. I,
3: I, we fly to Kiev, and then we we have oh, God, to go through so all these checkpoints, and where like dosimeters that yeah. like make sure you're not you're, going but, into that like beep and. It's going to be insane.
0: Dude. When, what, next time you're in LA, will you come back and tell us about that? I would love to. Okay. Dude. I'm fucking so, I oh mean, my God. It, it, and then you can bring it, your camera. My, but my eyes aren't you, glowing. You can take a picture of Bodhi. None of your film's going to work because it's all going to be oh, like radiated. I mean, seriously,
3: <laughs> I I've, I've thought about that. <laughs> That's amazing. Like I, I always have to hand check all my, you know, yeah. film when I go through x-rays and I've literally been thinking like, what film should i bring if any like what am i gonna do but oh all God. i want to do is so take photographs so, so good all it'll right be, it'll be fascinating.
0: all right so on the the wrap of this yes. i'll tell everyone where they can find your stuff i have all your your yeah your, please your, your social you. media but this is fascinating and i can't wait to sit down and talk again me too this is a blast thank dude. you it's very much thanks
3: a lot for <laughs> having me man make sure to stick around after this podcast to get the latest headlines from the ap news minute
4: Why wait for Black Friday? Get Black Friday prices today at The Home Depot. Up to 40% off appliance special buys, plus up to $600 in extra savings instantly on select appliances. No rebate. No hassle. Like a modern Frigidaire front control range for just $6.99. That's $400 off. Talk about holiday cheer. Black Friday savings early. Now, at The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. U.S. only. Watch last gas extra. See store for details about through December 5th.
3: Well, you're here. Might
0: as well join us. Welcome to Zane's World.
2: Great interview. He sounds like a smart dude. He's a
0: he's a really really smart guy. And and I
2: mean, I don't know if going to Chernobyl is smart, but I, he's a smart dude.
0: I mean, look, I, I, I again, I cannot wait to have him come back and tell us what going to Chernobyl was like. Like, what a right? That's just amazing. He doesn't take any any like. Big trip with his dad, and his dad calls him up and said, "Hey, let's go to Chernobyl. <laughs> it's so amazing because he watched There'd the be
2: show. Some amazing pictures there. They'll be. Glowing. I think so.
0: Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, Steve, uh, did you watch the show Chernobyl?"
2: I've seen a couple episodes. Yes, it's uh you didn't get, kind of dark. You didn't get I like it. it. Well, yeah, of course it's dark. It's freaking Chernobyl.
0: All right. That being said, give us the download. Like, I just want to know real quick. So, by the way, I didn't even mention this. Mel is is off recording her podcast. That's not to say she won't be here on this one, but I needed to do this now because I'm heading out of town. And then I'm gonna go. I'm going go to Portland. Portland. You know what I did? I went on to book a flight, and I went on to use this app and i just typed in like i googled cheap like last minute fares cuz i was like should i drive up there or should i fly it's literally called last minute it's an app last minute cheap flights and so huh. i went in and put it in and it looked it's like see can you see this it looks pretty legitimate where's my camera on this thing any anyway um and and it's like um it's like a legitimate looking app and then i uh I submitted it, and then I, you know, I expected to get an email with my tickets, and I, I didn't. I got one that says it's says processing, and then I called them, and they're like, oh yeah, we're trying to book it. We're just trying to to confirm your your return flight, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this I thought it was like Expedia where you third did it. Then party you
2: deal. It was like a fourth, third, fourth, or fifth party.
0: Fifth deal? party. Basically, I got the phone call. I'm going to read it off my phone, what it said, so that I'm I'm I'm, I'm quoting it properly. The phone came from Qatar, Q-A-T-A-R. And I was like, what is going on? What did you guys take me for? And so they they said, oh, we'll call you back in a half an hour and nothing. So I called them and then they're like, oh, yeah, we couldn't get the return flight for you. So we're going to go ahead and cancel. I'm like, oh, that's fine. I booked the thing at eight in the morning. It's now two in the afternoon. I could have done other things now. I guess I'm just going to drive. But it's just like, I don't know. How far is it? It's a thousand miles. Why are you gonna drive? Is it stupid? Yeah, because the flight is like five hundred dollars now. Just like and and cares? Just,
2: that's like it's like five hundred dollars of gas. It's I like get, driving from New York to Florida.
0: I don't know. I just thought it'd be pretty. Is that stupid? Uh, pretty it, stupid. It is pretty stupid, right? Yeah, because I'll be because I'll be in the car the whole time.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe take a train or something. But no, the, no, miles? the
0: train. How long a t- train takes? One Two day, weeks. one day, and five hours. So it's it's well, it's twenty nine hours to take a train to Portland,
2: and and how many hours do you think it's going to take you to drive a thousand miles?
0: Sixteen. Uh, I was going to do it in two days. Well, you I know, don't. like online it says sixteen.
2: Is that stupid? Uh, I don't know. That's that's far, and then a thousand miles. You're obviously going to have to drive that back. So that's, that's the part. That's miles. the
0: part I'm having a trouble having trouble. So then I was like, what if I just drive because it'll be fun, and then and then when I return um then i will i'll fly back well there's a $500 fee to leave your car at at that enterprise up there which 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 is just kind of stupid so i don't know should i like just ch- book the ticket yeah
2: i'm not use try- your miles i'm not trying milliler.
0: to be i'm i'm not trying to be cheap i'm trying to like get the the whole experience from it and just see if it's something i want to do but I just, I just figured like I could stop places along the way and you
2: can, you know, when you're driving, (laughs) you can clear your head and that kind of thing. I mean, you would be going all the way through California and then Portland is what, probably five hours over the border. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Something like that.
2: But I've I've been up through there. It's nice. I mean, but you're then how far is Portland from
0: Seattle? Three hours? Mm, Yeah, about that. Three hours. So, so I would be driving just short of Seattle.
2: That's what I'm saying. That is a long way, dude. I mean, not if, unless you're going to you know, take some stops, maybe camp, maybe you know see some p- cool places with yeah. friends. Yeah. But I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, just uh, get in a car for 18 hours driving straight. You're you're going to be whooped. I will.
0: I will because it's and and then I got to turn around and do the same thing coming back.
2: Oh, you'll dread it. You'll dread it.
0: Maybe I'll hitch. People do that.
2: Hitch- yeah, hitch- you could hitch. That's, that sounds safer. Hitch- hitchhiking
0: safe. is free, right? Sometimes only, yeah. only, only sometimes you just just costs cost you a hand job. Um. All right. Well, uh, Steve, <laughs> what's what's the skinny? What's the skinny on on, on fix mix? The fix well, mix is Steve's Bloody Mary mix that I thought yes. I thought he was going to have all of his ducks in a row before he announced it to the world, but he's been sort of dropping it in little pieces.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's coming together. We're we're slowly. We don't have a lot of money. We're we're trying to raise you know money to get this thing going, but we're putting it together. We're getting it in the. The uh, packaging, we're getting it in the 1.75 liter pouch with the tap on the front coming out of my mouth, which is pretty funny. And we're going to be at Pack Expo in Vegas in September. Wow, So I'll be uh, hosting a happy hour there in the booth. And uh, hopefully it's going to be a lot of fun. And We'll maybe do some other events around town that week as well. So we're trying to line all
0: that up. Steve, I will fully support your fix mix. I'm excited to try it. You promised me you'd send me some samples. Of course, I'll send you a case big case well let's start small yeah i guess so. all right ladies and gentlemen steve Academy. <laughs> thanks for listening
3: to zane's world check out new episodes every wednesday exclusively at podcast one or wherever you get your favorite podcasts be sure to tell your friends and don't forget to leave us a rating and review the Hit Reels Channel podcast, Murder Made Me Famous, is back with all new episodes on Podcast One.
0: Ridgeway did not seem to have the kind of family
3: that would produce a man with so much anger. It just didn't seem to fit. Join crime reporter Steve Helling as he investigates the most infamous crimes imaginable. This
4: murder illustrates just how brazen Jack the Ripper was.
3: Download new episodes of Murder Made Me Famous every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Pile on the gravy. Let
4: me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world.
0: Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at (laughs) TotalWine.com. Cheers!
4: If you're a pro, you aren't just climbing ladders all day. You're lugging them from here to there and everywhere. So you want one that's lightweight, but it has to stand up to heavy use.